0: the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Uh, we are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have
1: any clue what the hell we were gonna do.
0: We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about TV shows. We're going to talk about toys. We're going to talk about you know all the things that made this such um, such
1: an important part. I love
0: toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel, and we are power tripping. Through the 80s, here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Power Trippin' Through the 80s, here on the PFC Entertainment Network, along with Sean Grugel, I'm Jason Klaus, and, well, we have a very fun episode. That uh, is on tap for you this week. We're going to get to that in just a moment or two. Uh, before we do, uh, my tag team partner, my brother from another mother in this endeavor, uh, Sean, you know, full disclosure as we're recording this on Saturday morning, we are a day removed from uh, what was a very fun outing in terms of uh, the Klaus and Q show in which you were a guest, along with Brian Buff, where we did a recap of SummerSlam. And by the time this show drops, uh, chances are pretty good you'll be able to see the official replay on YouTube. So uh, before that gets uploaded and all that, what was your experience in uh, being a guest on the Klaus and Q show for the second time this year?
1: Man, I, you know, well, one thing i love to do is to talk about wrestling i mean there's three things in my life i love that's pro wrestling toys and my wife and if i don't say my wife she'll kick my ass so um we'll go with toys and wrestling but anyway yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> but you know being in this being in the tv studio is a whole different experience than uh Being on the podcast because let's face it, this face was built by God for a face for radio and not TV, but, uh, I enjoyed myself last night. I think I, uh, maybe ruffled a few feathers with some of my picks from uh SummerSlam and I kind of enjoy, you know, I kind of enjoy ruffling feathers. That's kind of what I do. And, uh, you know, as always, uh, Joe Johnson's gracious host having us in the studio. And, uh, you know, I always enjoy talking with Joe. And, you know, quite frankly, that's going to lead into the segue because Joe's here. He is. We've we've
0: been talking about this for, well, a couple of months, really, you know, mostly off air. It's like, man, we got to get Joe on here. and The stars have aligned, and it does happen this week, finally making his debut, official debut. On one of our shows here on the PFC Entertainment Network, please welcome our director uh, over at ONTV and MWO Hall of Famer, I might add, Joe Johnson is with us. Good morning, Joe.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me. And uh, just a little note here, if you go to the ONTV Facebook page, your SummerSlam episode should be available for viewing on Facebook right now.
0: Oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. So, yeah, check that out, Orion ON TV over on Facebook, and you can see the official replay uh, from that show. And, you know, Sean kind of alluded to it, you know, a moment ago, and just how much fun that we have doing that show every month. And, like he said, you're gracious enough to open the doors to us uh, to allow that to happen. We're actually booked for the, you know, between now and the rest of the year. So, Uh, Stay tuned to all of our social media accounts for all of the upcoming dates for the Klaus and Q show. It's always a good time. And spoiler alert, since we had so much fun with WrestleMania and we had so much fun with SummerSlam, well, we decided last night that the November episode of the Klaus and Q show will be about the the Survivor Series, a preview of the Survivor Series. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, But that's not what we're here to talk about this week. Uh, this week, and this is why Joe is on here. Joe, and I'll I'll let you you know kind of tell your story. But you know the common theme here is we're all about the '80s. We're all about looking back to a time that's much cooler, in our opinion, than what is happening in the here and now. Um, you are a collector of sorts. You have a very impressive collection. You have a very impressive just a backstory altogether. But uh, as we tackle this particular topic, it is the iconic vehicles in TVs, and in TV shows and movies. Um, where does this rank in terms of your collection? Like, I know you have a lot of different genres happening, but we're talking about the classic vehicles. I feel like this is one that is of, of particular interest for you, is it not?
2: Yeah, it's my number one priority right now. Uh, I started uh, collecting diecast cars probably about 20 years ago. It wasn't something that was really part of my childhood. It's something I got into a little bit later. And I put together a little display that hung on my wall that had some of my favorite cars from television and film. And when people would come over to visit, they would lose their mind and they would try to name all the cars. And I'm like, wow, there's a genuine interest in this. And then that collection kept growing and growing and growing. And then eventually, I photographed uh, my collection and a friend's collection. And we started a website called HollywoodDieCast.com. That no longer exists in that form. uh, But there is a Hollywood DieCast Facebook page. And I try to give updates and news of new cars that are coming out. Um, But that website changed my life. I've been featured on television for interviews. I've met celebrities, and I've actually got to see and in some cases sit in some of the most famous cars in television and film history. So, yeah, right now the, uh, the car collecting is uh, my number one priority. I, I can't afford the big ones. I have friends that collect the big ones. I collect the little ones. And you can kind of see my Batman collection. That's just Batman behind me uh that's just a part of my diecast car collection
0: of um of all the ones of all the cars that you have collected over the years do you have one or two that is your ultimate favorite piece and if you do why is that your favorite
2: well the one that immediately comes to mind here let me pull it out of my display case here um this was kind of a big deal when this got released by Hot Wheels. Um, The original 1966 TV Batmobile has always been my favorite car. Um, As a kid growing up, that's probably what got me into having an interest in cars was the Batmobile. Um, But believe it or not, the Batmobile wasn't made as a toy for like 40 years. There were some issues with the licensing being tied up and and mattel who does hot wheels was trying to get the license and finally they sorted everything out and around 2007 uh, mattel started making the batmobile as part of their uh, hot wheels line and it was just great and they've released it in all different scales and sizes and uh but yeah the batmobile hands down has always been my my favorite car
0: I can certainly see why that would be You talk about the the 66 Batmobile or from you know from that TV show that's what I grew up on and Sean I'm sure that's what you grew up on too Um, I have my my mom has uh, my mom had these old Polaroid pictures and I mean boxes and boxes of them right and going through them after she passed away I, she had gone i it must have been like an autorama or or something like that but she had pictures of the batmobile from the 66 show and then she had pictures of the monkey mobile and the monkeys you know i've i've talked about it at nauseam you know here on this show in in particular but you know, that was the first concert that I ever went to was to see the monkeys in, in concert. They were at, at the Pontiac Silverdome in, in 87. And like I had a fanfare with them back then because my mom introduced me to the reruns on, on on the TV shows and stuff like that. So I had a genuine interest in the monkeys. So to see that she had actually seen the monkey mobile and actually had pictures of it. Uh, it blew me away and then not all that long ago you posted pictures of the monkey mobile and i'm like well some bitch there there it is you know what i mean like that that was a big piece of my childhood um sean when you think about iconic vehicles from tv shows and from from movies and things of this nature um is there one that stands out like that is your and I know it's it's a, it's a loaded question because you look at all of these vehicles that became part of these shows and these movies identity but is there one where it stands out above the rest and I ask this because wouldn't you wouldn't you know it and Joe this is kind of a running thing here on the show but I've got a list
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm going to cheat. I'm, I I got to pick two, and, okay. and and there's a reason for that. Uh, number one, my my most favorite car has nothing to do with the 80s. We're going all the way back to, to around the 60s, and we're talking about the Munster Coach from the TV mm. show, The Munsters. Uh, absolutely one of my favorites. Butch Patrick does a lot of, like, these cons and whatnot, and I think he brings that. And doesn't he bring the Munster Drag Racer sometimes, Joe?
2: Yeah, he, he owns a replica of the Munsters coach, and he does have the uh, the Dracula. As a matter of fact, he's going to be here in Lake Orion next weekend, the 19th. Uh, Butch Patrick's going to be at Canterbury Village. Uh, they're doing a new Comic-Con cosplay show at Canterbury Village, and Butch Patrick will be there with his Munsters coach.
0: Yeah, is that that's... the one
1: that Rick Flair is going to be at, too?
0: I
2: believe so, yep.
1: And then the other one I would have to pick is a 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor Ambulance. (laughs) Joe knows what it is. Jason's going, what the hell are you talking about? Jason, you're expecting me to say a hearse, but it was a convertible from an ambulance to a hearse. And that's what became the Ecto-1 in the Ghostbusters franchise. And there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the reason why I owned a hearse I own today. So, because I absolutely love that vehicle.
0: So I have a, uh, like I said, I, I found a couple of th- different lists on here. And I mean, every one that I looked at, there was always one or two missing off the list. And I'm like, well, this is a bullshit one. This is a <laughs> bullshit one. But that's kind of what we do. We we find these lists that these different websites and things uh, will put out. And Sean and I will just butcher the living shit out of it because it's like, wait, well, I'll give you an example. This will be my classic example every time. We did the, the most popular cartoon heroes. <laughs> of...
1: <laughs>
0: I, am, I am still salty about this. <laughs> like they named off He-Man and Snorks and Optimus Prime and like all the Papa Smurf and all these icons of this genre. And we get to the number one. And it's something called Pingu or Pingju or something like that. No idea what it is, where it came from, whatever, but it got it landed at the top spot of this of this list of the 50 most iconic characters. And I just like I, I went off the goddamn rails about it. I'm like, this is this is not accurate. Not accurate at all. So uh, this will be fun to break this one down. I feel just
1: like. real quick sidebar. Last night I was looking for a movie to watch. So I talked into my remote. I'm like free to me. Pingu was the first thing that came Shut up. up. I swear to God.
0: I swear. Tell me you watched some of it to at least get I, an idea.
1: I got dude, it was before I was going to bed. You didn't want me fired up before I went to bed watching the <laughs> number one cartoon hero now, did you?
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, so we're we're gonna run down this list. This is according to yardbarker.com. <laughs> That's a real name. I cannot make this up.
2: Sounds like a credible source. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: see, this is what we do. We we like to sh- uh, shed some spotlight on the lesser-known websites and stuff like that. But then we get into this thing, and we realize very quickly why they're lesser-known. <laughs> uh, they have 25 of them here. And at, uh, I don't think it's any ranked order. I'm just going to go with the way that they have it uh, listed here. But the Batmobile. From the 1989 uh, movie with Michael Keaton is their first entry on this. Of all, I mean, we we just sat here and talked about the 1966 version of the Batmobile. Joe, I'll I'll ask you first when uh, when the 89 Batman came out and we got that first glimpse of the Batmobile. What was your first impression?
2: I it gives me goosebumps. There's that scene in the movie where Batman is rescuing Vicki Vale. And he says, get in the car. And she says, which car? And then they cut to the Batmobile. We see it in the movie for the first time. And when they hop in and take off and you see that familiar jet exhaust coming out the back, and there's this extended sequence of it just driving down the street. Uh, It's an iconic movie moment. And uh, I love the 89 Batmobile. It's so stylish and gothic and sleek. Um, it's just an amazing design. And yeah, it's it's up there for me. I don't know if I'd put it at number one on my list, but possibly top 10, uh, I would include it. I, I love it.
0: What about you, Sean? What what did you think of, about that version of the Batmobile?
1: I, I'm kind of with Joe, uh... I've always been a guy with fins type, you know, I've always been infatuated cars with the fins and, you know, 57 Chevy is one of my absolute favorite cars. And when you see the fins and the roll top top on that thing, when, you know, when they first get into it and it rolls back up over top of them before they take off, just like Joe said, it's iconic in, in, in the sense where it was definitely a throwback. It wasn't, you know, the convertible from 66, but in its own right, that car You know, pretty much stands alone. I mean, you take pieces from that 66, but you made it into, like you said, an iconic vehicle.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um the next entry they have here. Now this is this is why this is a bullshit list. Because Uh we're, we're Joe, where are you at on James
2: Bond? James Bond uh, ranks pretty highly for me. I mean, the movies are sort of hit and miss. I have some of my favorites. I think some of them have been awful. Don't get me started on Timothy Dalton. Um, But if I was to compile a list of iconic cars, there's a couple of James Bond cars that come immediately to mind.
0: All right. Well, number two on this list is the Aston Martin EB5 from Goldfinger in 1964. Are you familiar with this one?
2: I sure am. And uh, when it comes to movie cars, that's very close to the top of my list. Uh, I'm a sucker for gadgets. I love cars that have gadgets, and we're talking ejection seat, oil spreader, uh, bulletproof shield, rotating license plates. It's elegant, it's beautiful. Uh, the Aston Martin DB5 is one of, if not the greatest movie car of all time.
0: Sean, I feel like I already know the answer to this because I mean, I, I feel like we we've kind of touched on James Bond. Just wasn't <laughs> something that you or I were were into. Would would I be correct in assuming that?
1: I have never watched a James Bond movie. Holy yeah. moly! <laughs> I haven't either. Like I know
0: enough about it to know that the timothy dalton version you know his his role is not regarded very um but as a sidebar you think of james bond joe who's 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 the goat who is james bond
2: well the funny thing is you know i grew up in the 70s into the 80s and at that point uh roger moore had taken over the role so i grew up with roger moore and he was funny he was charming uh, one thing that sort of bugs me in hindsight is he, when he takes a punch, there's no marks. He doesn't show any effects of the fights that he's in. He just straightens his tie and moves on. Uh, as I got older, I started to revisit the uh, Sean Connery era. And I'm like, whoa, Sean Connery is hands down what Bond is supposed to be, what, what he was in the books. And uh, so Sean Connery for me is James Bond. Even though I do like what Daniel Craig did with the the movies uh, most recently over the last 10 years or so, when he takes a punch, he's bleeding, he's cut up. Uh, He really shows the effects of being out there and getting into scrapes. Um, But yeah, it's uh, it's Sean Connery for me. And uh, from the Sean Connery era, I go with the Aston Martin DB5. Uh, from the roger moore era i go with the lotus esprit and if you guys remember the famous scene where he drives off a dock into the water and it converts into a submarine I do uh, to me that's one of the greatest movie moments of all time was seeing that car convert into a submarine uh ah, i get goosebumps thinking about it
0: awesome i i, I... It's very rare that I talk to somebody that has that kind of passion or fanfare for James Bond. So to hear your enthusiasm about this character that self-admittedly, Sean and I don't have a whole hell of a lot of experience or exposure to just because it wasn't our thing. But I appreciate what James Bond is in terms of his stake in 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 the industry of movie making like it's one of the better known characters reoccurring it's been going on for generations at this point there's been over a handful of people that have portrayed this character and they're still going strong with it like they're looking for the next guy i guess you know or whatever
2: you want to hear something crazy one of the earliest memories that i have and i must have been five years old or six years old was the family going to the drive-in And, you know, we used to climb up on top of the car with blankets. And so one of the very first movies that I have memories of seeing is Diamonds Are Forever, which was uh, Sean Connery's last stint as James Bond. So that probably has a reason to do with why I'm passionate for James Bond is it's quite possibly the first movie I ever saw or at least remember seeing.
0: I love that. I, I love that it has that kind of, of personal attachment to you, and and, and for good reason. Uh, moving on in this list, and this was, I mean, I don't know James Bond, so I wasn't excited about that car, but this one made me you know question almost this whole damn list. But I, they, I mean, we're talking about vehicles of iconic TV shows and movies. They have here the USS Enterprise from Star Trek. Uh, 66 to 69 it's it's on their list they have the US...
2: it's an <laughs> iconic vehicle but come on we're talking cars here
0: yeah so i mean you're you're starting th- to see our pain here
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you were i mean if star trek is on there then you know, like uh, Battlestar Galactica needs to be on there, V, you know, all the vehicles, Star Wars, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, Joe, you were talking about the first movie you ever saw to drive in. It hit me when you were talking about flooded a memory in my head. Went to the drive-in with my Uncle Frank. Very first movies I ever seen at a drive-in was Tarzan, King of the Jungle, and it double featured with the black hole. So oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that was, yeah, I just had to put that out there. It just sparked a spark <laughs> of memory. We'll have to revisit reason.
2: the the 80s, 70s, 80s sci-fi. I love the black hole.
1: Yes, me too.
0: <laughs> I feel like I can I can picture the marquee with, with those two with those two titles, one on top of the other. So that's that's a fun visual. Um <clears throat> all right. So USS Enterprise, we all agree should not be on here.
2: Let's move on.
0: Okay, well, what about the the Mystery Machine from the Scooby-Doo cartoons? I shit you not, it's on this list.
2: (laughs) You know what? For good reason. Uh, When I created my first display that held like 24 little die-cast cars, the Mystery Machine was in there, and it was the very first one that most people would yell out when they spotted it. I'd have everything in there, but they would go, oh, the Mystery Machine. That is a vehicle that we all grew up with, watched on Saturday mornings. Uh, men, women, everybody loves the mystery machine. Now it's a, it's a cartoon, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint what make and model it is. um, but it's it's pretty iconic.
1: Looks like a Volkswagen to me pretty much, but at, at the I think same the general consensus is that
2: it's a forty Econoline line that it most closely resembles a Ford Econoline, but, but it, again, it's a cartoon, so it's sort of an original creation.
1: Yeah, it is kind of cool to see people who uh, mod their vehicles to look like these iconic vehicles. I, I've seen the Mystery Machine a time or two here in Michigan. It's pretty damn cool to see it, like, in real life. So Yeah,
2: I don't know if you guys have ever seen a TV show called Supernatural, I wasn't a huge fan of the show, but they did this episode where the two main characters got sucked into their TV set and became part of the Scooby-Doo world. And they were hitting on uh, Daphne and riding in the mystery machine. And it was pretty darn awesome.
0: Oh, jinkies. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm more of a Velma guy. (laughs) All right. Now, this next one. As soon as I saw this, Joe, you you instantly came to mind. In 1973, American Graffiti came out and featured a 1932 Ford Deuce Coupe. Where is this? Where is this on, on your list?
2: Well, it's funny you should bring it up. Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of American Graffiti. Came out 50 years ago yesterday. Uh, American Graffiti is is one of the greatest car movies of all time. It features all kinds of amazing classic cars. The movie was directed by George Lucas. Come on. Um, and yeah, the, uh, the Ford Coupe is pretty iconic. As a matter of fact, uh, during the year of COVID, I think it was either 20... Yeah, it had to have been the summer of like 2020... Uh, Lake Orion had their downtown uh, car show where they closed down the streets. And as I wandered around, there was a yellow 32 Ford coupe parked down the street. Uh, the license plate said THX 138, which is from the movie. And the guy was nice enough to let me sit in the car, get some pictures with it. Uh, yeah, definitely iconic. Uh, now, as far as movie cars go, uh probably not top 10 but i i probably put it in my top 20.
1: you familiar with this movie sean i've i've watched it in passing before is hasn't got like you know richie cunningham in it amongst others i mean
0: there was an ensemble cassie very young richard trifus was in this thing uh like I I've watched this movie several times. It's one of my parents' favorites, and like we would watch it even if my parents weren't watching it with us. Like it just has that hook to it. Um, I I have a very good appreciation for for that movie.
2: This is hanging on my wall right now. Uh, so yeah, Harrison Ford's in the movie.
0: Oh yeah, yep. There's just so like, a lot of big names. and on A lot of them, this is where they got their start, you know, in terms of being in the movies. They may have been on TV shows or what have you. And Cindy Williams is in this thing. I mean, you just go right on down the line. You look at the credits, and it looks like an all-star cast. Um, yeah, and
2: I think this movie is what led to the rise of the popularity of 50s in the 70s and 80s, because... After American graffiti, we got happy days. Uh, we got Greece, of course. Uh so yeah, there was this wave of nostalgia for the 50s, kind of like what we're doing now for the 80s.
0: Yeah. Great, great example for sure. And that's we we've talked about that here now. This is where we are in our lives, where you know, our kids are are have this great interest in this era that we grew up in, much like I did when. Like, I wanted to know all things about the 60s, you know, when my parents were growing up, you know, because just so much shit happened during there and all these landmark, you know, genres of entertainment. And then what was happening in the world around us, you know, Kennedy's and Vietnam and like all of it. So, yeah, that's where we are now. And it's kind of it kind of blows my mind. Um. The next vehicle on this list, and this is one of my personal favorites, the 1977 Pontiac Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit.
2: Yeah, that's definitely probably top five for me. Uh, I was a kid when I uh, saw Smokey and the Bandit in the theaters and it was just one long car chase from beginning to end and was enormously popular it would have been the number one boxed office movie in 1977 if it wasn't for a little movie that came out called Star Wars. Um, but that catapulted Burt Reynolds into superstardom. And uh, he became it was a little dusty. But uh, yeah, it uh Smokey the Man It's one of my all time favorite movies. And I was lucky enough to uh, meet Burt Reynolds uh, just a few years ago before he passed away and he is one of my idols and it was just amazing to meet him. Uh, Yeah. I could rattle off a few Burt Reynolds vehicles uh, on my favorite car list.
0: Well, I mean, you'll have that opportunity because I mean, I'm quite sure that it's not going to wind up on, on this list here. (laughs) Um, Where's smoking the bandit at for you, Sean? Like I, you know, I I said the Trans Am, and like you instantly started Now You knew exactly what what I was talking about here.
1: Yeah, movie's iconic. Uh, I can't think of his partner's name that drove that eighteen wheeler, but I love the eighteen wheeler because they kind of went hand in hand. And oh, Joe knows Snowman, yeah, Jerry Reed, Snowman, Jerry Man. Reed, yep, yeah, yeah that uh, that tractor trailer, the, the the what was it, the stagecoach scene painted on the side of it. I mean, those two vehicles. I mean, like I said, they went hand in hand, like when he would roll the Trans Am up into the back of it to hide from the police and, you know, pop back. I, I, it's a great movie. <laughs> a great movie.
0: I think of Smokey and the Bandit. I think of the car. And then I I think of Sheriff Justice T.
1: Buford.
0: He's <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. some bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jackie Gleason unleashed. He was awesome.
0: He really was. He is what I watched that movie for. His... <laughs> he, his
2: <like laughs> From what I understand, a lot of his dialogue was improvised by him.
0: That's my understanding, too. Completely went off script, which he was notorious for, is my understanding. Maybe not so much with the Honeymooners, but when he got into making movies and stuff like that, he was very much the alpha male and all of that. Make oh, no yeah. mistake about it.
1: Legend. Uh, Joe, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say his character masturbates <laughs> and the toy. <laughs> it's just amazing.
0: <laughs> uh, you made mention, you know, the Smokey and the Bandit. What would have been uh, the number one movie of 1977 had it not been for this little science bitching <laughs> vehicle called Star Wars or what you know it? The Millennium Falcon is is next on this list as in terms of iconic vehicles.
2: It's an, it's an iconic vehicle, but if I was creating a list like this, I would probably include the Land Speeder before the Millennium Falcon. Uh, that's more of a car, even though it's futuristic. Uh, so I would rank the Land Speeder higher. But yeah, the Millennium Falcon is is pretty iconic, but I don't think it belongs on
1: this list my favorite in star wars was the speeder bike actually that's closer to a motorcycle than a car so that's true all right
0: well this next one here i think we can all agree that does deserve to be on this list and let's not get too political about the whole thing because that's where we are in this day and age <laughs> the general lee from dukes of hazard
2: you notice be- my you notice my hat that i'm wearing here um. <laughs> So, yeah, the General Lee, um, definitely top 10 material. Some might argue zero one on the list of TV cars. Um, But, yeah, you know, the Dukes of Hazzard is one of those shows where as a kid, my family would get pizza. We'd all gather around the TV. We watched the Dukes of Hazzard. It was fun. It was innocent. Um, It was uh, exciting. And uh, only with the passage of time that people kind of start to turn on the show. But everybody involved in the show said that it was innocent and fun. And And, uh, I agree. I think the General Lee is, when it comes to TV cars, is right up there near the top and one of the greatest cars of all time.
0: I feel like this was the first real vehicle that stands out to me in terms of ones that I remember as a kid. Like this is this one in the A Team van, um, where that's what made the show for me. Sean is the generally one one of those vehicles that is almost bigger than the stars of the show.
1: It, it absolutely is. I mean, the General Lee. Lord knows how many vehicles they went through jumping that son bitch all the time. But General Lee. I mean, yeah. It's, oh yeah. As, as soon as you saw it, you knew what TV show it was. Uh, much like you said, the A Team van. Me, as soon as I think about TV iconic vehicles, the first one that comes into my head right off the bat is Kit from Knight Rider. Um, and, and, and they made Kit a star of that show by giving it a voice. You know, Mister Um yeah. Even though, you know, the Hoff was in it, Kit was the star of that show.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I've been lucky enough to have met most of the cast of the Dukes of Hazard. They're all super nice. They treat their fans well. They embrace that, uh, the part of history that they become. And uh, I'm so lucky to have met a lot of them. I have some autographs behind me. And, uh, yeah, it was a part of my youth, and uh, I'll always cherish the Dukes of Hazzard. And you know, what's interesting when the when the controversy happened regarding the General Lee and the flag and everything, and Warner Brothers said, we will no longer license uh, merchandise from the Dukes of Hazard or the General Lee. What happened? Everything exploded in value. Everything became worth a ton of money. So I have a couple of Dukes of Hazzard pieces that are worth hundreds, thanks to this boycott.
1: I got to ask Joe, what's your take on Vance and Coy?
2: I don't like to talk about them,
3: <laughs>
2: uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like fake Jan on the Brady Bunch, you know, or whatever, uh, to me, it's John Schneider, Tom Wopat. Those are the Duke boys for me. And uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't like to think about Coy and Vance too
0: much, so a sidebar to the general Lee controversy uh many you guys may be familiar with a musician by the name of kenny wayne shepherd um he was about to be inducted he was invited to be inducted into the rock and blues hall of fame now kenny wayne shepherd is a car collector and he went he took to instagram and this was during the pandemic He went to uh, his Instagram and posted a picture of himself with one of the replicas of the General Lee. He bought one of the cars used in the show. Well, the organizers of this particular Hall of Fame got wind of it and revoked his invitation into the Hall of Fame because he owns a General Lee. Is that the most dumbest shit you've ever heard?
2: It is. I mean, people grew up with the show. They love the show. And I went to Dukes Fest years ago, and there are literally hundreds of replicas. The the Dodge Charger is actually a rare car now because not only did the Dukes of Hazzard production destroy hundreds of them, but everyone buys a Dodge Charger and, and mocks it up to look like the General Lee. There's a love for this car, a passion for this car. And nobody should be judged uh, based on their love for this iconic car of their youth. It's ridiculous.
0: Totally agree. Um, now, coming in at number nine here, their ninth entry, is the Ferrari from Magnum PI. This register?
2: Yes. Uh, here it is right here. Um It is definitely one of the most iconic uh, cars on television. And if we were to just talk about 80s cars, then we're talking top five. Uh, Sean, you mentioned KIT, the 18 van. Uh, Magnum PI's Ferrari is about as iconic as it can get when it comes to television. And uh, Hot Wheels had the license to do Ferrari cars for a short period of time. And so they produced uh, the Magnum Ferrari and a couple other Ferraris, and then they lost the license, and that caused those cars to skyrocket in value. Uh, so I have a little Magnum Pi shrine that's uh, I should have insured because it's worth so much money right now. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Ferrari is great, and this interestingly the same model Ferrari. Is the one that Christy Brinkley drove in the vacation movie. Remember that when she pulled up alongside Chevy Chase? Yeah, absolutely. so yeah, just a uh, an iconic car, one of the all-time greatest TV cars. definitely top five for me on uh, as far as TV cars go.
0: Sean, it's funny because last week we we were talking about this came this came up in conversation because we were tackling the interesting facts of the 1980s. And one of the things that was listed there was uh, the in the TV show, Miami Vice, they had to doctor up a Corvette to look like a Ferrari because they didn't have an actual f- Ferrari for the first c- couple of seasons. So to see a, a Ferrari from Magnum PI on, on this list made, made me chuckle a little bit. I don't mind telling you. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, speaking of Miami Vice, and I'm sure that'll be on the list there somewhere, but uh, because the production had used these fake Ferraris, uh, Ferrari wasn't too happy about that. And I think they threatened a lawsuit. And what they ended up agreeing on was that they were going to destroy that Daytona Spider. I don't know if you guys remember, there was an episode where it blew up on screen and they replaced it ferrari sanctioned the white Testarossa and gave their blessing that throughout the rest of the series that's the car that would be featured
1: on miami vice so
0: interesting
1: joe how I was, many cars do you got sitting in front of you right now uh oh probably <laughs> a couple hundred <laughs>
2: okay. you mentioned one i can reach and grab it
0: all right well grab this one Hit. <laughs> kit from knight rider is next on this list coming in at number 10 here
2: yeah that's uh people lose their minds over kit um a lot of people own replicas, replicas of kit where they whoops they put the little scanner up on the front of the car and everything and uh kit is so iconic i think kids gravitate toward cars that are sort of Autonomous, where they can drive by themselves. They almost have sort of an intelligence. You look at Herbie the Love Bug, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, Kids gravitate toward those types of cars. And uh, Knight Rider, classic 80s TV show, just screams 80s, the Hoff. And uh, yeah, uh, Kit could arguably be the, the number one TV car right up there with the general lee and
0: the 18 team band sean did you own the toy of kit that came with the michael knight action figure nope no man nope. i i'd <laughs> almost give anything to to find one of those i i had one when i was a kid the car itself was about this long and stood about that tall off off the off the ground it was a decent sized toy and it came with a full action figure that you can put in there. And the the little light bar in the front, if if you took a flashlight and went across of it, it looked like it did the little dancing gimmick back and forth. You hit a button, it said a couple of key phrases. Um, I mean we we've talked about Michael Knight. We know what your um man crush on the hoth <laughs> as it is. Um any, anything else you want to add on to what yeah,
1: yeah. here? What what I was what I always wanted, and my buddy had one, do you remember, it was a ride-on kit car. It wasn't necessarily power wheels, it was, you know, it was a pedal car, but it was Night Rider. Like a big it, wheel. Yeah, it was like a big wheel. You put, you pushed, oh, that's what it was, it was the tricycle. The tricycle yeah. m- yes. Night Rider, big wheel, yeah. And like the
2: dashboard and everything,
1: yeah. Yep, yep, that thing was, that thing was badass. Now, if I was to put my ass on one now, I'd probably get stuck in the crack of my butt, but, you know, <laughs> um, I'd sure like to have one of those, you know, hang it from my ceiling or something like that. That was pretty damn cool, Trike.
2: Now I never met uh, the Hoff, but just a few months ago, Mr. Feeney, William Daniels, was in town at the Motor City Comic Con, and I had him sign one of my Hot Wheels Night Rider cars. So that was pretty cool. But still hoping to meet the Hoff someday.
1: What did Mr. Feeney think when you handed him the Night Rider car, submentioning Boy Meets World? I don't think he was surprised by that, because my
2: generation remembers him from Knight Rider. And I personally was surprised that every time I would bring up his name, people would yell out, Boy Meets World. I'm like, come on, man. It's Knight Rider. That's that's my
3: generation.
0: Yeah, mine too, because I didn't watch episode one of Boy Meets World. (laughs) Just did not. Like, by the time that show was popular, either my attention was well i'm sure it was it was it was focused exclusively on wrestling because once wrestling came across the radar like everything else just went off to the wayside i didn't give a shit one way or the other
1: <laughs> i uh, had a i had a Topanga crush so i watched it
0: yeah see i had no idea who in the hell that chick was until a handful of years ago and even then i had to ask well, what what is what is she what what's her gimmick <laughs> you know um now my brother probably would have been like oh my god and i kind of feel like he had a picture of that chick in his bedroom but um you know i just like i said the whole tgif thing like that that was i was apparently beyond that but just barely because you know i was starting to figure out what the hell i was going to do and where i was going to be in this tgif lineup was very much a prominent thing. Like everybody was talking about it. I just didn't watch I go like, all well, Growing pains. I watched Growing pains, but I mean, boy meets world and, and all that, like, nah, nah, not a clue. Not <laughs> a clue. Now this next entry is low key probably in my top five, just because of my sentimental attachment to it. And it makes me chuckle for so many reasons because you think you hate it now. (laughs) Wait till you drive it. The family truckster from vacation.
2: Yeah, definitely a classic. If you look closely, you can see Aunt Edna on the top of the car here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, classic 80s car. Uh, I have a couple of friends that own full size, mostly replicas of uh, TV and movie cars. And my buddy ended up buying the family truckster that was featured in the Walmart ad. you remember there was a Walmart commercial that all these TV cars were picking up groceries at Walmart and he owns that family truckster. And I got to sit in it, pose with it. Uh, It's it's ugly, but man, is it a classic. And uh, yeah, I almost, uh, I was supposed to be in Chicago today. Uh, Chevy Chase was supposed to appear in Chicago at an event and I was going to drive down there and have him sign my family truckster but he became ill a few days ago and had to back out and uh still hoping to check that off on my my list but yeah the family truckster when it comes to 80s vehicles man that's that's top 10 material for me
0: always makes me nervous when you when you're talking about a guy like like Chevy Chase especially where he's at in in his life age wise
1: yeah. when
0: you when you hear things like he's he's fallen ill yeah it's like oh man no <laughs> let's hopefully it's nothing serious he's he's able to rebound quickly cuz he would be one of those guys i would really enjoy meeting i feel like but then i i've also heard stories that he's one of the biggest narcissists that that there is in hollywood so i guess it's all about about perspective but from a fan of of his work absolutely mm. i would jump at the opportunity to, to meet him because i mean just the vacation movies alone have made him an american icon if yeah, not you, the original it's obvious it's you know the the christmas one is right there after it
2: yeah and you look at you know caddy and foul play and uh all the ones that came after He's one of the greatest comedians in the history of television and film Um, But I did meet him for the first time back in 2018 briefly, and the rumors are true. He's not a very pleasant person uh, to deal with. And uh, When they did a celebrity roast for him a number of years ago, they couldn't find any friends that wanted to take part in it. So it was just a lot of up-and-coming comedians who just wanted to take a shot at him. And it was ugly. And when it came time for him to appear at the end of the roast and zing everybody back, all he said was, that really hurt, and he walked off the set. Uh, He's not a a very popular figure uh, in Hollywood, but uh, if I can get his signature on my family truckster, I'll be happy. But, yeah, when people ask me about celebrities that I've met, they're like, you know, who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? I can say that Chevy Chase was probably my worst encounter that I've had with a celebrity.
0: I'll be damned. Is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Truly really is the family truckster, Sean. When I think of the family truckster, I can't help but think of you, brother. Holiday Road instantly comes <laughs> to mind. Uh, when I see this car, when I hear about this movie, it's the anthem of the movie and you've actually incorporated it into your annual, uh, vacation rituals, kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, it's just the vacation movies are some of my absolute favorite movies. And every time my family used to go on vacation, I used to play holiday road before we even left the driveway and just just to set the tone of vacation because those movies were always so fun and you know lighthearted. and while they had all those troubles you know fortunately knock on wood uh i haven't so maybe i'll just keep playing holiday road up until the day that you know i kick off
0: there you go yeah Uh, it's such a good omen for for the rest of of the trip right that's right
2: you mentioned christmas vacation a moment ago Oh, Eddie's RV. Him. Cousin Eddie's RV. Shitter's <laughs> You see the signature on there? That is Cousin Eddie himself uh, on this uh, package. I just met him about a month or so ago, and that was really cool to get his
1: signature on the RV. Well, he's looking crazier than ever with that big old beard. and he'd look like yeah, now wild, He was man.
2: really super nice to me. But, yeah, there are stories where he went to Canada and was refused entry back to the us and he was stuck in canada for a while and he's gotten into some legal troubles and stuff but i judge people based on how they treat me and he was really super nice to me
0: i feel like he's one of those guys that's going to go one way or the other all based on number one what his mood is at that time and number two how he's approached yeah exactly. i, I get that vibe from him like he's going to be the the sweetheart you know, that uncle or that cousin that he is or he's going to be completely off his rocker. <laughs> um, so it, it's cool that, that you did have, a you know, a favorable experience with him and that you're able to get his autograph and stuff like that, because I mean, don't don't go fall in love with it.
1: Because they're,
0: he's taking it out of there When, when they leave there next month so. Christine I'd be more
2: surprised if I woke up With my head stapled to the carpet
0: <laughs> Oh god damn it man we just one liners Right after another with that movie Alright 83 1983 the movie Christine comes out And it features a 1958
1: Plymouth Theory. Theory. Yeah, I love that car
0: Sean, you jumped right in on this, man. Where This
1: one right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Notice
2: the black tinted out windows right there. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a favorite of mine. Uh, when it comes to horror movies, it's one of my top ten favorite horror movies. The fact that it has a car in it. And, you know, a moment ago I mentioned autonomous cars that seem to have a life of their own. Christine is right up there. Uh, In my opinion, it's one of my favorite uh, movies based on the Stephen King work. A lot of times when people try to make Stephen King movies, they just don't seem to work for whatever reason. Uh, But Christine is right up there near the top, one of my favorite movies.
1: All right, Sean. You know, that 58 Plymouth Fury is a beautiful car. And I know a car that isn't gonna wind up on your list. I'm gonna mention it here in a minute. But that Plymouth Fury, Very reminiscent of the 57 Chevy Bel Air. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, one of my other favorite vehicles is from the movie The Heavenly Kid, which was a 57 Chevy. It looked almost exactly like Christine, you know, um, in in, in a sense, same color-wise and whatnot. Uh, I think those are two of the most beautiful cars that have ever been put out. And, uh, you know, uh, sidebar, Heavenly Kid doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Very underrated movie. I was going to say that when when you got done. Absolutely. But, you know, Joe was talking about autonomous cars. How cool was it when uh, he was out there with his magic angel powers putting together the 57 Chevy? You know, the yeah. spray paint with the finger and the the lug nuts on the wheels. I <laughs> Iconic scenes in that movie. I love that movie. Love that car.
0: Absolutely. You're going to love this next entry, too. I think we all are. It's the a van.
1: I'm trying to talk Sharon to let me buy one, but she won't let me do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see that coming down the street. You know exactly what it is. Uh, one of the most famous vehicles in TV history. Uh, of course, Mr. T, an iconic figure himself, uh, driving the van. Nobody drove this van, but Mr. T, B.A. Baracus. And, uh, yeah, an iconic vehicle and, uh, one of my all-time faves, definitely when it comes to TV cars, top three, top four, it's right up there near the top. I love it.
0: So how heartbreaking was it within 10 minutes of the movie, the 18, they destroyed (laughs) the van. Like I was so pissed off for a good 15 minutes, like legitimately pissed. I was like, how? in the blue fuck are you going to have an a-team movie and you just destroyed bosco's van how does this happen it's a
2: big middle finger to the fans i mean it's the fans of the tv show that are coming in to watch your movie and paying good money to buy a ticket and you give them a big middle finger and the whole time i wasn't even focusing on the movie I was thinking at the end that there's going to be a big reveal where the, the van was fixed or restored and they were going to unveil it. And nope, just a big fu. And I hate that movie. It's not in my DVD collection. I will never, ever watch that movie again.
0: <laughs> I appreciate your passion for it. <laughs> However, I, I got to tell you, as far as adaptations tv shows being made into movies like it's up at the top of my list like wow. i i thought the casting of it was perfect um uh, even rampage jackson who portrayed ba in in the movie like how are you going to fill M- mr t shoes that dude was as good of of in that role as you could have asked for with an updated version of it but i was very much with you i'm like all right man we're i we've got to be getting near the end of this thing where's the new van and it didn't show up and i kept hoping for like a sequel but it 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 didn't happen
2: i'll never Uh, understand that I, i don't get that decision
0: i don't either especially when it was a focal point in the first 10 minutes that first scene when we're introduced to to ba you know, it was all about him getting his van back from from the chop shop, you know, and then he's like, oh, I finally got I got my girl back.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and, you know, you
0: mentioned guy. earlier,
2: like with the Dukes of Hazard, General Lee was a character on that show. Kip was a character on that show. <coughs> the A-team van was one of the A-team. It was a character. So that's like, you know, sitting down and watching one of the main characters get killed off at the beginning. It's like, why? I'll never understand it.
0: True story. Um Sean Grugel. Uh oh. Coming in at 14 is Ecto 1.
1: Okay. I'm just I'm just laying the groundwork (laughs) for you so you can (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm just saying, you know, when Ghostbusters came out, uh, that was one of the first vehicles that I ever saw live. Uh we were at the Berkeley Theater and someone had I don't know how. <clears throat> they were able to i don't know if it was a replica or if the studio brought it but there was an ecto-1 at the movie theater when ghostbusters came out there in berkeley and i instantly fell in love with that vehicle
0: it's got that iconic sound to it not just the siren but you know when you <laughs> fight when you fire it up that in, in, initial ignition like it just has that sound and we were reintroduced to it in the afterlife which took on a different meaning because of the context the grandson pulls this thing this big cover off this car not knowing what's underneath it he starts tinkering around on it and then he gets it to to fire up exact same sound as if it was 1984 um Ghostbusters Joe where is this on your list and more specifically Ecto-1
2: I think it's a little low on the list you're reading from. I think as far as movie cars go, it's top 10 for me. Uh, Again, gadgets, bells, whistles, lights, lots of doodads. Don't even know what they do. Um, It's a character in the film. As a matter of fact, uh, Sean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's some deleted scenes that hint at the fact that Ecto has a life of its own. Uh, There's a scene that they had filmed where I think uh, a police officer was gonna try to put a ticket on the window and the car would move or try to keep the policeman from putting a ticket on the window. So there was this story that got deleted from the film that it had a life of its own, which would have been really interesting to me. Um, why they changed it for the subsequent films, You know, like in, uh, in Ghostbusters 2, it had a different look. And then the terrible remake with all the ladies, uh, That to me, that was a disaster. Uh, Ecto One is, is just such a great movie car. And years ago, I was this was 2011, I was touring Sony Pictures in Hollywood, which used to be MGM. And as I was taking the tour, we <clears throat> come around the corner and there's Ecto One. I thought it was maybe a replica, something just for the, the tourists. And they said, No, nope, this is screen used, this was restored from the actual film so if you get a chance to visit sony pictures you will see the original ecto-1 on display there and it was a huge thrill to see it and uh, pose for
0: pictures by it sean i feel like we're going to hollywood next year for a road trip i'll be your tour guide I um, bet you will.
1: <laughs> bring bring bail money because I'm sure I'm going to jail from trying to steal some of these vehicles. So. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, it may be kind of difficult to kind you know steal Ecto One or another iconic vehicle from a soundstage or what have you. Perhaps you should dial it back a little bit, like maybe this next entry in terms of the uh, biggest vehicles in movies or TVs. Well, it's Pee Wee Herman's bike from Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
1: Still in the basement of the Alamo, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <right>. Road trip.
0: <laughs> 1940s Schwinn Cruiser.
2: <gasps> yeah, they uh, I think it's as an original they have one on display at the Hollywood Museum. It's on Highland right off of Hollywood Boulevard. They have a suit with his bike on display. And It is iconic. And if we were doing a a list of the top bikes in Hollywood history, it would be up there at the top. I don't know if it belongs on this particular list. Uh, Would I love to own it and have it among my collection of props? Yes, I would. Um, I love it. We just lost Paul Rubens, who I just met a few years ago. He was at uh, the Stan Lee Con in L.A. a number of years ago. And it was just an absolute thrill to shake his hand. And we'd laugh together. uh, As I approached him for a photo op, he said, uh, don't tell me your name's Joseph. And I'm like, how could you possibly know that? And then I realized I had a name tag on my shirt. (laughs) And so we busted out laughing. We turned to the camera. He made this stupid face. I'm just laughing next to him. And I'm so grateful I had an opportunity to meet him. And yes, if I could, I would love to own that bike, but I don't think it belongs on this list.
0: No, it goes right up there with the Millennium Falcon and yeah, the is. the Enterprise. It's like, okay, this is not what I thought we we were going to go, but I mean, at least this one has you know tires on it, so I I let it slide. <laughs> uh, this next one, and you talk about movie cars especially nowadays with this resurgence of popularity of all things 1980s, the DeLorean from Back to the Future.
2: Yeah, now you're speaking my language here. Um, Right up there at the top of my list with the uh, Aston Martin, the Batmobile. Um, This is right up at the top of my list, the uh, DeLorean. Uh, As a matter of fact, I just recently, I'm going to kind of toot my own horn here, but uh, I write an article for Cruisin' Media, it's a publication, and if you look in the (coughs) bottom right corner of the cover, look who's standing next to the DeLorean, that is me, and uh, I just wrote an article about the uh, history of the DeLorean and how it got involved with the production, and I actually reached out to Bob Gale, who wrote and uh, co-created Back to the Future, and Kevin Pike, who was the special effects supervisor on Back to the Future, and they responded to my questions and helped me write this article. Um, it's a fascinating story, and they they did a, a renovation of one of uh, of the hero car, the original DeLorean from the film, and that is on display at the Peterson Museum in L.A. right now. Um, But, yeah, one of the most iconic cars ever and definitely uh, deserves to be at the top of any list.
0: The DeLorean, Sean, is really the, you can use that as one of the ten full examples of an iconic, I don't want to say prop, of vehicle in a major motion picture right like that's it's, it's got to be on the short the mount rush more if you will it's got to yeah. be on there right
1: yeah absolutely has to be and you know like we were talking about earlier with the ecto-1 the evolution of the ecto-1 really didn't do anything uh for the original as far as i'm concerned but when you look at the DeLorean and you look at the different incarnations through Back to the Future 1 through 3, you know, adding the Mr. Fusion, adding the ability to fly, you know, but you kept the integrity of the original vehicle. Uh, to me, that's what makes that one so iconic because you basically kept the same character through three different movies. It just was able to evolve just a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Okay. You, that's a great point, and it didn't to maintain the integrity of the original concept is what's really important here and you're right yeah they added this they added that It evolved but it didn't bastardize the the concept that brought all of us to or had all of our attention to this particular movie or franchise it was this car and it put it put the DeLorean on a different stratosphere like everybody wanted one when this movie came out i remember that i was so far away from even starting uh, my driver's training but like at the same time is like i knew enough to know where i want one of these goddamn cars <laughs> what what because it just looked cool you know i, and I realized it wasn't going to take me back in time but it was different than anything else that i had been exposed to at a very young age, like I was eight, nine years old when Back to the Future came out. So, you know, to see the DeLorean in 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 its primitive form, you know, as it you would see it on, on a car lot or 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 whatever you you knew like, man, that is a unique vehicle. And if I'm if, if I have a favorite vehicle at that point, it was the DeLorean. But it wouldn't have happened had it not been for back to the future at least for me
2: when i uh, wrote the article on the delorean uh i learned some interesting facts and just the delorean itself prior to back to the future has a, an amazing backstory john delorean worked for general motors he designed the pontiac gto he gave the world the gto and uh he left gm he had these visions of making his own motor company and he, he hired a designer, and his name escapes me right now, uh, to design the look of the DeLorean, and I, I was surprised to find out the same designer uh, designed the Lotus Esprit, which I mentioned earlier was featured in The Spy Who Loved Me that turns into the submarine, so if you were to compare the two cars, they have a similar look, uh, but then DeLorean got into all these legal troubles and was arrested for uh drug distribution and all sorts of stuff. And even though he eventually was acquitted of all charges, which I don't think a lot of people realize, his company went bankrupt Uh, Johnny Carson was an investor. He had a DeLorean because he was an investor and it broke down while he was driving the car in LA and had to be rescued uh, on the streets of LA. Imagine Johnny Carson standing Mm -hmm. next to his broken down DeLorean. So the car itself has a fascinating history and it may have been, you know, forgotten to time if it wasn't for this movie that elevated it to iconic status and, uh, And then the merchandising of the movie, you could find the DeLorean in all forms. Hot Wheels has the license, and uh, it's been released in every scale imaginable. And some have working lights and sound effects. And, yeah, definitely uh, one of the all-time greatest Hollywood cars of all time.
0: This next one here, um, its visual impact in the movie it's featured is minimal but impactful because all these years later we're still talking about it the ferrari from ferris bueller's day off you know the one that goes busting out the back of the goddamn garage and falls wow. to wow. yeah. yeah i will that even though that 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 car's role in that movie is a minimal that's one of the scenes that people recall most when we talk about Ferris Bueller. would Would you agree with that?
2: yeah, this um this car is one of the more valuable hot wheels in my collection. Again, it was another Ferrari that Mattel had licensed to make. They did the Ferris Bueller Ferrari. When they lost the Ferrari license, the the car became incredibly valuable. So in its packaging it sells for about one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars for a car that I paid about six bucks for. Um, Yeah, it is iconic. And uh, just recently, I don't know, I don't know if it's still there. But just recently, the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn had it on display, the original car from the film. And uh, whoever owned it at the time, when they were restoring it, they found that the muffler and the exhaust was crushed. And that was evidence that it was an actual screen use car because you remember the Star Wars scene, where the car is flying over the camera, and it comes down hard on the yeah. pavement, and it crushed the exhaust, so that had to be repaired. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful car. Uh, it's a, a California Spider, and uh, gosh, when people see it, they they lose their minds. It's, it's, a, it's such a great car.
0: Yeah, do you have any personal attachment to this car, Sean, or was this just a prop that just went flying out, out the garage?
1: Dude, no. See, you, you you talk about the garage. My favorite part is when they drop the car off so they can go to the to the baseball game, and you got the guys, the <laughs> car porters, taking out and they're joyriding it and they're jumping that son of a bitch all over town. Right. That's one of my favorite parts of that whole movie. <laughs> and then you kind of gotta feel bad for Cameron <laughs> at the end, sitting <laughs> but, in the back. Yeah, he, he was so despondent, that guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he did have, I'll never understand this. The whole film is set in Chicago, but Cameron wears that Red Wings Gordie Howe jersey throughout the entire film. Hey, that's awesome. I, I don't know why it made it into the film, but it, that was great to see.
0: Especially at a time when when the rivalry between the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks was at an all-time fevered pitch. you know they they were hated rivals in in the well they're two of the original six and and they're so close in proximity like detroit and chicago have long-standing rivalries in just about every sport but at that time especially hockey and i always wondered that too because they never made mention to any ties to michigan or to detroit like if this thing was set in chicago why was he wearing a Detroit right Wings Jersey but as somebody that appreciates all things all shout outs to the state in which I live I was there for it you know yeah I agree um the Mirthmobile, the <laughs> 1976 AMC pacer that was featured in Wayne's world this car probably shouldn't have gotten as popular as it did but <laughs> it did because Wayne's world was a huge hit not just on Saturday Night Live, but when it made made the transition to the big screen, this car jumped right right off the off the pages and people were interested in the pacers again.
2: Yeah. Let me grab something real quick. It's right here, just out of my reach. <laughs> if you walk into Meyer at this moment, you may find this hanging on the pegs little overexposed here. Uh, Johnny Lightning has covertly released this as part of their line, but it is the Mirth Mobile from Wayne's World, and you can find it in stores right now. Every time I see one, I grab it because uh, it's pretty iconic. Um, where does it rank on my list? Probably not very highly. I will say that one of the all-time great Movie moments is when they bust out in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in the uh, in the movie and they're all banging their heads as the car drives along. That's a really great moment. Uh, the car is iconic, but it wouldn't rank very highly on my personal list.
1: What about for you, Sean? Were you a Wayne's World yeah. fan? I loved Wayne's World. Makes me feel kind of funny, like if I was climbing the <laughs> rope in gym class, you know. <laughs> 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 well yeah, the the car, like Joe, it doesn't rank very high on the list. I'm surprised that it's on the list uh before a few others that I you know I have in the back of my head that hasn't been mentioned yet. Um
0: This next one we're gonna wind up skipping right over because I can't yeah, I we can make arguments for Star Wars or for Star Trek and Star Wars and all this shit. This next and I don't mean mean to cut you off, but um finish your thought and then i'll tell you what's next on on this list my thought yeah did, did, did you, did you uh, have Wayne any more world.
1: no i'm sorry i wound up getting a text message from the food pantry my apologies
0: oh <laughs> um, that's fine
1: um no wayne's world eh? you know it does it doesn't rank high up there at all so okay. sorry okay well how about the magic carpet
0: from aladdin
2: Boy, that's a stretch.
0: <laughs> okay, that makes,
2: I need to shake some sense into somebody. That's, yeah, these this list is bad. That's okay. hardly considered a vehicle. Boy, is that a stretch.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And then I was like, well, these sons of bitches, if, if we were to call them up right now, I'd be like, why is carpet on this list well it goes hand in hand with the mystery machine i could just (laughs) i could just totally see that being their argument and then i get pissed and and then and then the promo comes out and then we're canceled so
2: you know there's uh, a word for these people it's called trolls i think they put stuff like this on the list to generate conversation and get people fired up and riled up and share the list and go can you believe this and all it does is put eyes on their website or whatever but i I feel like that's deliberate that that shouldn't even be in this discussion
0: agreed uh what about the jurassic park explorers from jurassic park
2: yeah that's pretty iconic i have them around here someplace too and uh yeah i i love the movie i mean you take that movie came out in what 94 93 somewhere around there And it changed everything. 93. It changed everything about movies. It made us realize that anything can happen in a movie. So the movie itself is so iconic and one of my all-time favorites. And the vehicles in it, you know, the the Explorer is just so colorful. It has the green and red paint job. And, uh, again, it's self-driving, so there doesn't have to be anyone behind the steering wheel. And then it's just... Featured in the scene where the, the one explorer is just destroyed by the T-Rex, again one of the all-time great movie moments of all time. Uh, but right up there with the explorer, you know, you'll see occasionally driving around the streets of the Detroit area, uh, the Jeep, the Jeep Wrangler is pretty iconic too. And you know, I, I love the scene where uh, the T-Rex is chasing the Jeep Wrangler, and Jeff Goldblum's in the back, and he's you know must go faster. And they cut to that mirror that says objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. The T-Rex is right in there. And, uh, so those are really great movie moments. So because that movie and those moments are so iconic, that elevates those vehicles pretty highly on this list.
1: Jurassic Park on your radar, Sean. It it is. I mean, those vehicles, you know, like Joe said, they're, they're pretty iconic. Um, but again, uh, to me, they they don't really rank up there with like a DeLorean or Kit because they really weren't their own character. They were literally vehicles in the movie, you know. I mean, we do see uh, people who go and they do mods and rebuilds, and you know, you do see some of these Jurassic Park vehicles driving around here in Michigan. But uh, fact of the matter is, is uh, while they are pretty iconic on my list, they they probably wouldn't even break the top 10. What about the Mutt cuts, man, from dumb and dumber? <laughs> oh jeez. John,
0: <laughs> you, you want to start on that one,
1: go ahead. I I mean uh, from from where you put the gas <laughs> to to the tongue hanging <laughs> off the grill. I mean, yeah, pretty iconic vehicle. Um but again, it's one of those vehicles who, while it lent a sense of direction as to how the characters in the movie were written, um, I don't think the vehicle itself lended a whole lot of character to the movie in its own right. Now, would I flip out if I saw a muck cuts vehicle driving down the road? Hell yeah, I would. I'd probably chase it down and get pictures of it, if it when it was f- fueling up. But uh, at, at the same time, again, probably not in our vehicle that would break my top 10.
2: Uh, It's funny, you should say that there is a much cuts vehicle that drives around the streets of Detroit. My friend owns it. He brings it out occasionally. And like you said, people lose their mind. I think it's a big nostalgia factor. You know, the children of that era remember that movie fondly. It is a hilarious movie. And, and so when they see that furry vehicle driving down the road, they lose their mind. It doesn't rank very highly on my list, but I get it. It's a, it's an iconic vehicle. People love the film. There's the nostalgia factor. Uh, so I get it. It's just not very high on my list.
0: Uh, this next one shouldn't even be on the goddamn list. The bus from Speed.
2: Huh? Interesting. I I have a diecast replica behind me in my little display case, but uh the the movie was a huge blockbuster it elevated keanu reeves and sandra bullock to superstar status love the movie but uh it's a bus it's uh, it's a nondescript bus if you saw one driving down woodward would it turn your head i don't think so Mm -hmm. i don't think you'd look at it and go hey is that the bus from speed uh, I think the Rosa Parks bus is a little bit more iconic. Um, but yeah, I don't think this uh, the bus belongs on the list. Right.
1: I think I, I think the short bus from Dumb and Dumberer is actually more <laughs> iconic than <speed. laughs>
0: Coming in at 23 is Titanic.
2: Titanic?
0: That's, <laughs> man. Oh, 24 is the black pearl. From Pirates of the Caribbean, wow, they're just getting into yeah. anything that moves. All right, you ready for number twenty-five? And this is the shit that pisses me off because I, I have at least one, that it actually two now that I think about. It. There's two vehicles that are on my mind that I've been waiting for to pop up on this list, and it they did not, and I'm pissed about it because what they have rounding out this list is the Bluth family stair car from Arrested Development. Now, as somebody who has never watched that show, I have no fucking idea what this is. <laughs> nope. Me neither.
2: I would recognize it if I saw it, but again, like you, I, I haven't seen hardly any episodes of the show. Uh, if it they released it in diecast form, I don't even know if I would add it to my collection. It means nothing to me. I'm sitting around looking at my diecast cars, and there are several that are surrounding me that you haven't even touched on yet, yet you've mentioned the Black Pearl and the Speed Bus. So <laughs> I'm getting a little irate over here.
1: Where is the Fall Guy truck? 1980 GMC Sierra 2500. Yes. Where is the Torino? Grand Torino? 1976 Gran Torino. Yes, those are two on my list. You know Where is the Coyote? From Hardcastle and McCormick. Where's the motorcycles from Chips?
2: Right here.
0: Chips. Chips is a good one.
2: Chips, yeah. As far as, like, movie cars, I I think there's one you haven't touched on yet, and it shocks me. Does anyone recognize this car right here? Oh, the Blues Brothers movie. (laughs) Come on, man. This is top 10 material right here. Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: and Jason has left the building. <laughs>
2: uh, as a fan of the '80s, what about this car right here? This is Axel Foley's Nova from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Come that on, that belongs crap, on the
0: list. Nova. I'm still driving it. <laughs> now this one
2: has a little uh, nostalgia factor. Anyone recognize this one? the em50 from stripes uh bill murray oh uh it even has the uh bulletproof uh shielding to avoid those pesky ruskies um (laughs) that's an iconic car for me personally and i'll throw one more at you that i'm shocked we haven't touched on uh the detroit pd car from robocop come on ford chorus yeah. Ah, I could go on and on
0: and on. Well, I told you, man, we find these bullshit lists, and then we sit here, and, and we spend an hour or so breaking, you know, going down this thing, breaking it down. We get to the bottom of it, thinking we're waiting for that one or those two that are, are very much on our radar. We get the speed band. we get <laughs> two goddamn ships, and some dumb bus for a show that nobody's even watched. So, I
2: feel provoked. I feel like someone deliberately is provoking me.
0: Welcome to our world. So (laughs) now you you can experience some of our frustration when we go down these lists. Now it's kind of become a gimmick. Like I I almost look for shit lists just to fire Sean up. But (laughs) I'm the one that winds up getting fired up. So
1: the joke's on me. (laughs) I mean, Uh, Steve McQueen's bullet isn't in there.
2: Yeah, I mean, that should be right up there at the top. Um, I'm looking over at my display here. What about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Uh, you met, Sean, you mentioned the Munster's car. Where was that on the list? That right. wasn't on the list, was it? Nope. Um, there's a, a Beverly Hillbillies Romeo, car. Where the hell is that? Yeah. The Partridge family bus. I'll even throw the Brady Bunch station wagon on there. Come on, yeah. man.
1: I'll, I'll throw one in there that's probably you guys aren't even thinking of. The 61 Olds 88.
2: Is that the Sam Raimi car?
1: That's Danny Tanner's car from Full House.
2: He oh, called that oh. one Bola,
1: too. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I mean, here's the here's two more that pop off because they had the Millennium Falcon. They had the Enterprise. Where's
1: Airwolf? I knew you were going there. Where's Blue Thunder? Blue Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Shit. If you're going to do vehicles, those are iconic vehicles, man. Hell, you might as well do the hot air balloon from Wizard of Oz if you're gonna throw Titanic <laughs> in there. So
2: now you're talking.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Well, where's the goddamn bite with the basket from Ed? You know, <laughs> what they were going. <laughs> oh hell. We we could sit here for hours and hours and hours and just cut up. Okay, you missed this one, you forgot that one. This one was cool. Why was that on here? Uh, but be that as it may, like this was a very fun conversation and it was everything that I thought it was going to be. And then some, um, as we get ready, cause we're coming up on an hour and a half here, it, uh, as we start to put a bow on this, Joe is, I mean, you just rattled off a couple of them that were not on the list. Is there any more that needs to be spotlighted for their their roles for the lack of better terms in these iconic shows and movies?
2: Yeah, I mean, I rattle off a bunch there. I could rattle off several Batmobiles it alone that should be in that category. I have the uh, the Batman Forever Batmobile, which is a work of art. It's stunningly beautiful. Is it practical? No, but uh, it's stunningly beautiful. I mean, that should be on any list. Uh, There are numerous Batmobiles from the animated series and the movies and all that. Um, Looking around, uh, several James Bond cars could be added to that list. Uh, Come on. How about, geez, you guys should appreciate this one. What about this bad boy right here? Optimus Prime. Yeah. Why is Optimus Prime not on that list? That's insane to me.
1: So yeah, the Joker I can go on and on. The, the Joker Diesel from uh oh the uh, movie. maximum overdrive. Maximum overdrive. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: another good one. So. Yeah, that one that was a badass truck there. That was a sweet looking truck. <laughs> Cre- creepy as all get out, but it was badass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this the the fine folks over at. um What did I say this was? Yardbarker.com. You fucking blew it. So (laughs) you're you're going to get an email with a link to this show uh, coming very soon. Look for your inbox because we are coming with the vengeance. (laughs) Why could you not? Anyway, anyway.
2: This real quick. Are you guys fans of the Fast and Furious movies?
0: I have not seen one of them.
2: Oh, see, there are several cars that could be on the list. The Charger with the blown engine, the orange Toyota Supra. Numerous cars from that list that are from those movies that could be on this list.
0: I I can totally see that. Like I know enough about the franchise to know what it's about. And even as somebody that hasn't watched any of the movies, and, I, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, Joe. It's, it's all because of Vin Diesel, and I can't stand looking at the dude. <laughs> uh, so I just don't bother. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know he's been hit and miss throughout the duration of the saga. And then they brought in The Rock and Cena and, and all the and all these other people, which should pique my interest, but it don't. I, I, I don't know. It just has a st- stigma to it, and I can't. I can't shake it. I'm weird that way. Um, but uh, why, but I understand it. And I appreciate it enough to know that there are some, you know, at least a couple of them that I've seen in ads and promos and, and, and promotional posters and things like this. Why wasn't any of those? I mean, you've got the black Pearl on here. You've got Titanic on here. Where are these cars from fast and furious, which is what kind of set the whole franchise up and running. I mean, that's what the whole thing's about. So Why are they not on this list? Because you got bullshit people like (laughs) yardparker.com that clearly don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I remember seeing a list, I think it
2: was an entertainment weekly of the greatest movie cars and the Aston Martin DB5 from James Bond was not on the list. And the creator of the list said, well, it's too obvious. If it's obvious then it belongs on the damn list. Come on.
0: That's kind of what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. I don't know. Buddy, old pal, old mine, Sean, anything else you
1: want to throw out there before we put a bow on this? Uh, I just want to remind people, we got the Ask Me Anything episode coming up. Uh, be sure to get your questions in. Whoever puts in their questions, your name will go into the hat. And I said I would dig through my 80s cave and come up with something so if your name gets drawn you will get the key to one-eyed willy you will get triple stones and you will get the display um be sure to get your questions in um other than that i don't have a whole hell of a lot going on three minute nostalgias will be coming out here hopefully by the end of the day today and i don't know send me your suggestions for three minute nostalgias because i'm starting to burn out a little bit so send send me those and uh yeah other than that joe thank you for coming on the show i've been wanting to get you on here forever and ever and ever uh you know with your with your knowledge of vehicles and movies and i'm so jealous of your back to a future display and you know, <laughs> yada 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 uh i appreciate you coming on man thank you
2: thanks for having me and uh if you get a chance to come out check out dream cruise that's next weekend and uh, my friends with their TV and movie cars will probably be over by Dugan's Irish pub. And uh, Jason, if you're driving by and you see the original Monkey Mobile parked out front, stop by, say hi. We'll get a picture of you uh, with it or in it. Uh, that may be out there on Woodward uh, during Dream Cruise. So uh, stop by and say hi, I'll be out there.
0: I would absolutely love that actually. You know just because of the ties that it would have to my mom and, and and all that so that would be something very cool um if i can make that happen uh i certainly will and i, and I appreciate that joe uh, what sean was alluding to a little bit ago next week is our special ask us anything episode where you the listeners have the opportunity to literally ask us anything send in your questions your comments um, either to a DM on the Power Tripping Through the Eighties Facebook page, or the PFC Entertainment Facebook page, or uh, Klaus to the heart at Gmail.com, and we've gotten a few of them, and uh, at least one has it's going to get Sean fired the fuck up, and I'm looking <laughs> forward to um, asking him that on the air because I gave him a preview of sorts, and like just in that two minutes that we talked about it then i'm like ooh this this is going to make compelling audio <laughs> for for next week but you have to get them in to us by august the 19th so that we have time to look at them to put them in order and to record the show and then the show itself will drop on august the 23rd so we we like you you have full range. you ask us but just be prepared for what your answers could be so if if you're not willing to to, to take the heat don't come into the kitchen okay mm-hmm. so i'm just going to say that like that so uh joe johnson always a pleasure my friend thank you so uh, much for here. everything for having me. it was fun everything that you do man is like anything you touch turns to gold and like <laughs> Aside from our affiliation with ONTV and, and all of that, which is a huge part of what we do here on, on the network, more importantly, uh, you know, over, man, well over a decade now, oh, well over a decade. Well, like, yeah, maybe closing you, in on 20. I feel like that's that's accurate, but, <laughs> you know, you, you have been a stand-up guy, you have always supported us, and, like, you will never know how much I truly appreciate that, so... Thank you from the bottom of my heart just for being you, man. One one of the good people in the world.
2: Oh, thanks. I can say the same thing about you guys.
0: So with that, we appreciate everybody tuning in this week. We will see you right back here next Wednesday for the special Ask Us Anything edition of Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Entertainment Network.
3: Hey it's me Billy again, and I'm here to tell you about all of the cool merchandise that is now available at the official online store of the PFC Entertainment Network. Now along with all of the individual stores from all of the shows, there is a new section for back to school stuff. It's that time of year and we have to think about getting ready for the next school year. Well, if you are a fan of any of the shows of the PFC Network, there's a whole new section of new merchandise, notebooks and mouse pads, and even new apparel with cool new designs to go back to school or to go back to work in. Whether it's Blouse to Heart, Power Trippin' Through the 80s, Turnbuckle Time Machine, The Real Podcast, The Heat Vent, and even the new show, Say Watch. And if you're over there, be sure to check out another news section that is all about the namesake of this network, a whole new legacy merchandise line for the one and only Peer Fury Jeff Bounce. So check it out. Head over to cafepress.com forward slash pfc network, the official online store of the Peer Fury Creations Entertainment Network.